Rush Pinball Revealed. Colin McAlpine and Bowen Kerrans join Multimorphic. Deep Root Companies file for bankruptcy. Hi, my name is Jonathan Houston. I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine, wishing you a very happy 2022. And I'm joined here with... I'm Martin Ayer, and I'm the editor of Pinball News, also wishing you a very happy new year as we look back on the events that happened in the pinball world during the, the very last month, December of 2021. And uh, well, It we, seems a long time ago, but it, it's not. Well, no, uh, we're in the first week of January, and um, as there That's was right. a new title coming out, we decided to hold off recording our podcast until that title was revealed, which is the case. Um, and what... Which is also the first topic or headline that we're going to discuss. Rush yes, Pinball indeed. revealed by Stern Pinball. Yeah, big surprise to no one, I think. Um, John Borg had been, uh, been promoting Rush music and the band on uh, social media very heavily over the, the previous few weeks. And I think it was, a, it was pretty much an open secret that the game would be Rush and yeah. that John Borg would be the game designer. And right. That's well, you, you say no surprise at all, but yet to many people, the theme itself is quite surprising in the sense that it's not Metallica or Guns N' Roses or a band of, of that, that instantly rings a bell with everybody. I think you're right. It's, a, it's more of a niche title than any of those, those that you mentioned. And, um, yeah, you kind of get the feeling that, that um, we're running out of big-name bands and, and groups to uh, turn into into pinball themed uh, themes for uh, for machines and um, what, what, no, how far do you want to go down the the, the list of, uh, of most popular groups um, before you you decide that uh, the market isn't there? But even so, no, it seems to be a lot in the US and and obviously in Canada where uh, where Rush hails from, uh, very very popular bands. A band, I should say, um, and uh, and uh, still popular even after all these years. And the fact they haven't, well, one of the one of the three members of the band, um, Neil Pert, died um, oh, um, a couple of years ago. At uh, and they haven't hadn't recorded anything for quite some time before that, and have no intention of, uh, of continuing without him. So it's uh, it's a it's not an active band. But they have a, a very extensive and uh, popular back catalogue of, of, of albums and uh, and individual songs. Well, speaking of albums, quite a few. Um, personally, I'm not that familiar with the music of Rush. Uh, being based in the Netherlands, um, I don't think they ever had a hit record over here. They were slightly before my time as well, because the early 70s, uh, they were very successful. And uh, after that... Um, I think they sort of had their fan base, and I don't think that expanded that much. Um, mm. But um, uh, if you think that their music is only popular in uh, uh, North America, so to speak, um, I looked on Discogs, which is a website where you can uh, check out all the all the uh, vinyl and, and CD releases of mm-hmm. uh, of bands and so on. Um, I was actually surprised to see that uh, most of their albums actually have been released in Europe and uh, 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 basically worldwide. But I suppose it's more of like an, uh, a group that that uh, uh, focuses on albums instead of hit singles. Yes, definitely, yeah. yeah. And uh, well, there were 
quite popular over here. Um, I'd say probably, as you said, 70s, 80s. And, um, yeah, probably that that's their, their peak time. And you know, they play gigs across Europe as well. I remember a friend of mine went to see them play in uh, at, at Wembley. So they were, they were certainly selling out venues. and um, Especially Wembley is a big one. Yeah, I, I, I don't know whether it was the stadium or the arena, but... Um, it was uh, it was certainly certainly packed and, and talked about a lot in the in the um, in the media at the time. Okay, so, so oh yeah, uh, well known here as well. There is an interesting theory why Stern would go with a band like Rush right now, um, mm-hmm. um, and that may have. I'm not sure whether that is the reason. Um, obviously, they have a following, so there is a. Um, justification to do a pinball based on them but um, seeing that their popularity is mostly in uh, North America the the theory that I heard yesterday is that um, as you may be aware of uh, there's a, a shortage of containers mm, yes. to, uh, to ship games overseas and by focusing on Rush most of the production games would actually remain in North America Saving uh, Stern a lot of money on on overseas shipping, which yes, eventually would be that. paid by distributors anyway. But um, if they're um, uh, shipping games in North America, it would probably make things easier for Stern at the moment until that problem is solved, which is not a Stern problem, but no, it's a global problem. Right, uh, I I can kind of see that and. But uh, I'm just looking back at the, the, what the sort of lead time on developing a game would be, because I was just reading a, a blog by the, um, the guy who did the art for the game, uh, Michael Barnard, and he said that he was contacted. Um, now, when, when exactly did he say? He said he was um, um, he was contacted in, in 2020. 2020. Yes. Yeah. And um, he didn't find out until August of 2020 that he'd actually got the gig. But in 2020, they were they were looking for somebody to do the art on on Rush. They'd already decided on the title at that point. Right. So, uh, which is way before that uh, shortage of containers. Yes, I'd have thought but, so. Um, but uh, well, with Stern, I tend to believe that they have actually a few uh, games ready to go, and they can basically choose which one would be best that time also depending on whether they can get all the parts uh, for to, to, to build such a game but uh, I still tend to believe that they have a couple of designs on the shelf that they can use anytime as they see fit but that's that's just me and um, oh well yeah probably the, the designs but um, knowing how much of a game these days is the, the software and the, sure. and the graphics and the, and the displays um Actually, having a design done it doesn't is is a long way from actually having a game ready. No, that's it's probably true. like the first you know ten fifteen percent of the of the game. So uh, I think uh, I think it's probably more the allocation of resources for for uh, sound and and graphics and display effects and and lighting and all that and all the software programming as well, okay, which uh, which has to be allocated and and probably stuck to. So that probably ties them down a bit more in as as to the order of, of release. Okay, well, enough with all these uh, uh, um, yes, non re- relevant <laughs> banter, I would almost say. Um, what can you tell us about the game, actually? 
Well, um, it says Cornerstone game for Stern, so three models. Which uh, I have to say, that is sort of a surprise. I was expecting it to be a boutique game. But yeah, okay. But, but we knew John, John Borg was, was designing it. Well, we've we known that for some time. Doesn't, know, doesn't mean that John Borg can't design a boutique game. No, true, but they, they tend, to be, tend to come from, from other people. But, um, yeah, okay, so, it's, so it is a Cornerstone game. So pro premium and a limited edition of a thousand, um, which apparently so already all sold to distributors. So that doesn't mean that you can't get one, but distributors can't get them anymore. Uh, I'm not sure whether I saw this yesterday when when it was announced or not, but I thought Stern were actually selling some directly yeah. from their own website which through Stern Insider. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I haven't seen them do that, and those all sold out very quickly. That's for sure. Right. So. Um, but if we look at the game, if I may say so, um, I was impressed. Right. By what? Everything? Or no, I think this is a really packed uh, layout. I think John Borg really outdid himself. You think so? I was looking at it and I was thinking, well, where... Now, this is a band pin. There's no upper play field. There's no... Um, there are no sort of new mechanisms in it, really, apart from no. the, the the scoop, the the double scoop. That's but that's it's a scoop, you know. It's two of them joined together, and there's an underplay field lock with a window. We've seen that before. It's got oh, the, there's plenty of things that we've it, seen before, it's got the and Lord we know the rings magnet. We know that John likes to uh, um, uh, reuse elements oh, that were used in other games in the past, uh, similar like the the ring from Lord of the Rings making a yeah. reappearance. Um, that's all fine, but shot-wise, I think it looks like a lot of fun to shoot it. There are a lot of shots in there. I think that's that's true. Uh, I was just kind of looking for you know where where's the value um, if if you're looking at the the price of of, of unique mechanisms. Okay, when you look at the um, the limited edition, okay, it's got that, um, that, that drum clock, clock drum, drum, yeah, drum yeah. clock, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, that thing, yeah. Uh, but that's that's only got one hand on it, which um, seemed a bit cheap to me. I thought it might have had an hour hand and a minute hand. Um, and confusingly, well, that was too expensive, Martin. Well, yeah, well, exactly. So confusingly, they they call they say when it uh, gets to midnight, but then they say that the hand is a minute hand, where it should actually be an hour hand. I'd have thought if it was going to go all the way around to midnight. Otherwise, you wouldn't know when it was midnight if it was just a minute hand. Um, ignoring that um, that particular um, issue. Um, it didn't strike me as being, you know, as as being packed full of value. There's a lot of plastic ramps in, in even the limited edition or the premium yeah, version, uh, yeah. which I thought would have been. There's not form. not a specific rush toy that says rush, although the clock drum could be that, but it doesn't do anything other than rotate and yeah, slightly and in, interact. Um, but still. Uh, layout-wise, I was like, okay, yeah, I can see this be a fun game, even not being familiar with the music of Rush. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll it'll shoot, you no, know, very nicely indeed. There's an inner orbit, there's an outer orbit, there's an inner lane, uh, the time machine shot. Um, there's the, the the feature behind the drop targets, um, but I don't know, it just didn't didn't strike me as being. Oh, well, this is this innovative, is or or I don't know. It's I don't, I don't want to say it's um, you no know, the, the the toys are, are uh, insignificant because they're obviously not, and they've got custom molded mechs for the time machine and the uh, and the clock 
drum thing as well. Uh, and I'm sure it'll look absolutely lovely with all the lighting effects they've got in there as well. But you know, coming off the back of other band pins, you know, obviously Guns N' Roses, and uh, you know, even um, Led Zeppelin. To no, 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 let's not let's not get into the Led Zeppelin debate. But uh, comparing it to other band pins, then that we've, we've oh, seen they've definitely got, more, they've got a lot more in. There's a, I, 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 if you compare it to Led Zeppelin, I feel yeah. that this this game is more packed. I agree, actually. That was, was a bad choice of a comparison. But right. uh, but um, it's not like Kiss, where you have the Gene Simmons head that spits out balls. And um, it's also a John Borg design, by the way. Uh, similar, it's not the Metallica. Um, but let's just say that uh, once we get the chance to play it both, you might be happily surprised and I could still be disappointed because I already expect too much of it and it but I th I don't think it will disappoint that uh, um, that much maybe maybe the music will disappoint me but that's a personal thing right well the, the artwork I, I like I don't particularly like the the three members of the band staring at you from the playfield looking menacingly that, that, that's not a great look for me but the rest of it I think looks very nice and I like the fact they've got shot lines back on the artwork as well you know, you can you actually got lines going from from the center out to each each of the shots, so you can see where you got guides to to show, to show you where to shoot, which right. is which is a nice feature, which uh, has been somewhat lost, I think, in in all the concentration of uh, of artistic design. Mm -hmm. it's, it's actually become quite difficult at times to see where the actual shots are in the game on on some earlier models, um, not particularly Stern in particular, but all sorts of different manufacturers. So it's nice to see that back as well, and it looks like a a, a playfield um, and artwork package that, that guides you as to what to do, which is is always nice. Yeah, um, on the pin side, I saw some people making comparisons to uh, uh, Tron and the um, uh, X Men uh, games, which uh, yeah, I can see some uh, overlap, I would say, but uh, still. Mm, Obviously, yeah. not not the same layout. It's different, and uh, like I said, I think it looks interesting. So mm. I'm intrigued, and I uh, hope to play it soon. But I've been saying that for the past two years, <laughs> and the last recent game I played was Stranger Things. Yes, that's right. Yes. Um, well, yeah. Um, on that point, we, uh, we we should probably mention at this point that uh, you would. I'm guessing you you played Stranger Things at. Um, uh, EEAG show. Yes. In London. Yes. In, okay. uh, uh, that was uh, 2020, just before Europe's lo uh, lockdown. Yes. Yeah, so it's probably worth at this point just having a quick mention of the fact that the EAG, which was uh, scheduled for uh, the middle of, of this month, January, has been postponed um, until uh, the start of March. Actually, yeah. March uh, this, this year, still. So um, check the EAG website um, to find to get the uh, the new dates. And if you if you were planning to go to that and uh, haven't already rebooked your uh, your travel and accommodation or whatever, um, now would be a good time to do that. And um, should also mention that um, one of the things which was which was tied in with that, which they all uh, which I think I say they always do, but this is uh, a, an event which is held at Park Avenue in Northwest London. It's a preview of the the um, of the uh, products that are going to be on display at EAG by by a few of the distributors and manufacturers who reside in Park Avenue. Uh, there's a few of them there, um, including uh, Electric Coin, 
who are the stern distributors for the UK, right. and UDC, a United Distributing Company, who, uh, who also a very big um, coin-op distributor and, and manufacturer. So but that, that is still going ahead on January 11th to the 13th. So um, keep an eye on Electrocoin or UDC's social media feed for, uh, for details of how you can get along to that if you are able. That's, uh, that'll be in um, northwest London um, on the 11th to 13th of January. Right. Hmm. So uh, um, thank you for that uh, uh, side note, but let's get back to Rush. Yes. Yes, okay, yes, yes. so um, uh, so we, we already expressed what we think of the game, and, but so what's in it? Um, well, yes, a good question. Um, a bit, bit harder to do that than it is in, uh, with... Um, okay, that's... Led Zeppelin, uh, I'd say, but... Um, right, no. <laughs> Good one, good one. No, let's not, not uh, rush to conclusions on oh, Led Zeppelin. Hey. <laughs> Which have a little bell that goes off every time we, we say the word <laughs> rush. <laughs> right. No, um, I do have to make you a compliment. Um, you wrote an article uh, which is published on uh, your website, pinballnews.com, about the reveal of Rush, uh, in which you explore the play field and all its features. And I highly recommend everybody who is interested in, in finding out more about this Rush pin to actually uh, uh, take a look at that article, oh, uh, because I much. think you did a very good job. Oh, it was, uh, it was a bit of a Rush job. I have to say. But, yeah, well, uh, that's the problem if you get the press release <laughs> at the same time as the game is revealed. Yes, although we've uh, we've tried to take steps to uh, avoid that happening, but yes. uh, to no avail so far, with, at least with Stern. Um, other other manufacturers are more uh, are more compliant and more uh, helpful in that yes. regard. But uh, maybe we'll get there at some point. But, um, yeah, so there's... Uh, I, I suppose you should really look at what's, what the differences are between the, the, uh, the pro... Well, and the, in the, general, and the, we we have a three flipper game. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, which means that there are shots to the side. In this case, uh, there is an upper right flipper, uh, similar to Tron, uh, probably in the same location as well. If you're familiar with that game. Uh, well, Tron's the flip. It's flipped over. Uh, Tron's is the upper left flipper. Is it? Is it? Yes. It's it's a mirror image of of that game. The side ramp is on the other side oh. uh, with the the Cora and the Cora oh, shot, um, being out in the middle and the gem and uh, being the side lane. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, because you, you you can shoot into that lane off the target bank on the left hand side. Right. Okay. And, uh, so, on Tron. I, so on somebody the right. had me fooled on pin side by already mirroring that image. Uh, oh, I, right. I yes. Didn't have <laughs> a uh, Tron uh, ne- uh, next to me, uh, but um, no, that makes ah. sense. Um, hmm. uh, Tron being a uh, uh, rumor to be a Funhouse uh, ripoff, and Funhouse having the upper <laughs> left slipper as well. So yes, I get it. I get it. I, my apologies. I was looking at the wrong image or a mirrored image. I, sh- hmm. I should say, but still. Um, um, so yeah, we have a, a sort of like an upper flipper similar to Adam's family, I would say. Yes, that's right. Yeah, um, with a side ramp, which uh, which is lit for super jackpot. Um, right, and a couple of of uh, actually, there's quite a few shots you can make with that. Um, uh, yeah, upper flipper. Yeah, there's an inner orbit which you can make, I think, and you can shoot into the into the uh, dual scoop, which is uh, an an interesting feature, which I don't think we've really seen. On any on any game quite like this before, yeah, there is there is a, a forward facing scoop and a side facing scoop. Forward facing one can be shot from the two main flippers, 
and the side one can be shot from the from the side flipper, and they both they sort of work as a pair those scoops and lead to a, an under playfield lock, which is uh, a bit like the uh, the one in uh, uh, what was it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Is it where you can you can see I the ball? No, I haven't played it. <laughs> Oh, maybe I'm thinking of uh, Avengers. It's, uh, anyway, you can get you can get the ball locked underneath the playfield, and there's a little window where you can see the, the locked balls. And uh, the balls can can kick out. On the pro model, they only kick out of the front facing scoop, but on the limited edition and premium, they can kick out of either scoop. I right. So speaking of double scoops, I uh, I tend to think of Jurassic Park also mm. having a double scoop, but not. Uh, one oh, they're side by sideways. side, aren't they? Yes, and a bit yeah. like Last Action Hero, I think, also has the same kind of thing. Right. Well, I think. If correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't those also John Borg designs? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think I saw a comment, which probably is very accurate, um, that this game has sort of, sort of a '90s nostalgia layout. I would say um, mm-hmm. elements that you can connect to, to to older games although I do think that for example the, the drop target lock on this game sort of an uh, um, variation on what we've seen in Deadpool yes that's right uh, so on, on Rush there are uh, three drop targets uh, behind which on the premium and NLE there is actually a physical ball lock very similar to the one in uh, Deadpool I think which, which turns it into a, a captive ball but um, on the pro, there is—I think it's just a stand-up target behind there, which right. uh, which doesn't lock the ball, but uh, advances or starts multiple in in that way, and it launches a, a ball from the shooter lane in that case, rather than releasing the locked one, right. which is something we've seen before. Uh, but probably the main main toy of the game has got to be the time machine, which is right at the very top of the playfield in the centre, which and is similar to the ring in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it works in the same way, I think, by the looks of it. Um, you can shoot the. It's, it's circular. You can shoot the ball into it. Uh, it can grab the ball and hold it within the circular magnet, or it can throw it out the back. It probably throw it forward as well. We haven't seen that yet. And there's a ramp leading up to it, which on the pro is static, and on the Ellie and Premium uh, is motorized and, and can raise. And when it's down, there's a target beneath the time machine which you hit to advance towards raising the ramp. And uh, when it, it lights um, and rises, you can then shoot into the time machine, whereas on the Pro, you shoot into the time machine all the time to, to advance it. Right. And it looks like it's got some nice lighting effects on that ramp as well. It uh, seems to have a whole bunch of LEDs associated with it, some nice um, Perspex sides, which um, which help guide the light and produce some, some nice effects. So, uh, yeah, that, looking forward to seeing that in action as well. Mm-hmm. And the other toy, I suppose, as we mentioned before, is the drum clock thing, which sits over the pot bumpers in in the limited edition and premium versions only. Which, um, for, if you haven't seen the playfield yet, um, are in a similar area as on Adam's family. Yes, and there's the same shot all the way through the middle um, into the orbit, into the outer orbit, yeah, I should so. say. Um, but yeah, it seems like um, shooting into the pop bumpers advances the clock, which is like on the face of the, of the bass drum. And it has um, has 12 segments or 12 um, points on it, which light up. And, uh, and a hand. Symbols, are they? Uh, I think the- they're, yeah, I, think they're, I don't know what the symbols are. I thought they were going to be um, astrological symbols. But no, no, sure no, they no, definitely not astrological. Um, um, I sort of get the feeling that by using these symbols and uh, 
Uh, sort of reminds me of Led Zeppelin a little bit. Also the music, mm. by the way. So that's. You know, I'm not sure whether if I'm would if I would be offending anybody if I would say that Rush is like the Canadian Led Zeppelin. No, I don't think so. I think that you know, anybody would ever be uh, um, put out by being compared with Led Zeppelin. Right. Well. Okay. So anyway. Um, um, well, well they, call, they call it the Clockwork Angels clock, okay, and it, and it has a bunch of symbols over the top of it. I don't know what those symbols are. Presumably, symbols that related to Rush in various well, ways. I don't think they related to other bands. So. Well, I mean, there are, there are other sort of hieroglyphs there that look like, you know, it's like water sign, star sign, or sun, right. sun, and um, various other symbols which have meanings in other in other uh, cultures, shall we say. Okay. Well, anyway, I look forward to playing this game, uh, although it might be a while. It might be, or, uh, yes, because yeah. you uh, probably won't be able to come over to EAG, I suppose, or even the preview, oh. if that happens. Uh, the preview, probably not. EAG mm. uh, in March, uh, that might still happen, yes. Right. So, um, okay. what's also interesting to to note is that the remaining two uh, band members, uh, Alex Leeson and uh, Geddy Lee, mm-hmm. uh, have provided uh, voice calls for the game um, together and directed by none other than Ed Robertson of the uh, Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah, yes, uh, a, a fellow Canadian, of course, uh, Ed Robertson. Right. So, so it's a it's a full Canadian sound package or voice call package, I should say. Right. That. Uh, we also didn't, didn't get around to mentioning the uh, the expression light system, which has right. made a, a return after uh, first appearing in the Zeppelin. Right. It is uh, it's fitted to the limited edition, the one thousand limited edition machines, and uh, is incorporated into the the in a cabinet side art as a sort of lighting rig down the side. Um, it's also going to be available as an add-on kit for both the premium and the pros, though whether it will be exactly the same as the one that's in the limited edition, we don't know, uh, or whether it will be uh, will it be multicoloured like that or whether it will be single-coloured. Interestingly, I haven't seen any videos that uh, that show that expression light system in use. Well, they're probably still game. programming uh, that. Well, I mean. yeah, it does make you wonder. But they did say that they're going to be um, going to be producing the limited editions, in the middle of January. Right. Actually, surprisingly, or maybe not, um, Stern announced that they start production with the uh, Pro model. Yeah, that's something which they've been doing for a while, I think, and they were trying to get those those Pro models out to operators to get the game experienced a lot more and drive sales before they, they start um, start producing the the ones that really just go straight into the homes by and large you know obviously there are operators and, and barcades who want to have a limited edition but the, the thousand machines are mainly targeted at, at home buyers but uh, yeah it's, it's the same with the um the insider connected kits which they produce they wanted them to go to operators first to get those out right so this, this is something which they are they are sort of, we we know gary is certainly very very keen on uh, pushing the operators or feeding the operator market uh, and keeping that alive and and building it. He still sees that as the, uh, as the heart of, of, uh, of stern sales. So he, uh, yeah, he wants to get those, those early machines out to, uh, to operators and get to as many people as possible to experience the game. So that's, 
that's why they're building a, a run of pros first. Right. Now, speaking of experiencing the game, the uh, 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 first chance to experience the game will be uh, January 7th, where uh, Jack Danger will be hosting a uh, live uh, gameplay stream on his uh, Deadflip channel, mm -hmm. um, which I think is... Uh, I think it starts at 6 or so. Um, 6 p.m. Chicago time, yes. Yes, exactly. So uh, um, uh, that will be interesting to uh, to watch. Usually uh, um, the design team is also uh, around to answer any questions, if any. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not sure what they're doing yet, but, but Stern are part of the virtual CES show. Right. Which, um, which, is, taking, which is starting today, actually. Yes. So you may be able to see some stuff from from Rush at that if you uh, if you get on get to the CES website and um, and see who who's participating in that. Stern is certainly part of it. What they're showing, whether they're showing more than just their promotional videos, um, and uh, or having somebody talk about the game, we don't know. But right. uh, it's worth checking it out just to see if you you can get a look at the gameplay before uh, before Friday's uh, reveal with uh, with Jack. Right. Okay. So um, one of the interesting things, and we briefly touched on that um, when you mentioned the uh, the artist for this game. Mm. Uh, the story behind that uh, uh, I read is that he basically pitched, uh, contacted Stern, and wanted to do um, a game design, and to which Stern um, basically pitched to five or six artists, all uh, the Rush team. To see uh, who would come up with the with the most interesting uh, designs, and then um, uh, Michael won mm -hmm. in the end. So he was he was selected as the artist to uh, to do the uh, the art package. And um, as far as I know, it's the first time that Stern is pitching um, uh, artwork jobs to uh, to artists to see who comes up with the best package in their eyes. So that could be an interesting thing to uh, to note as well. Yes, I suppose it's, um, it's also interesting that point of view that um, that Rush didn't have their uh, sort of a go-to artist that they would direct Stern to and say, well, if you want to, you know, you want to use our license, then you need to use this artist because because they have you know, associated with us, they've done a lot of work for us, and we we trust them to uh, to produce um, representations of the band and and their image, which uh, will be in keeping with their their values. So obviously this time. Um, Stern put it out there and um, I, I would assume showed the band or their representatives uh, you know, the, the, um, the pitches that have been received and, and, uh, and, and between them they worked out who, who they were, were, ha were comfortable working with. Right. So, which is good because I hadn't seen, uh, looking at Michael's um, portfolio of work, he, he didn't, doesn't seem to have any uh, prior history of working with Rush. So it's um, it's not something which uh, you know he's he's familiar with in the past. In fact, he says he didn't even know much about the band when he when he first started, but right. he did the, he did the research and found out all about them and all the sim symbolic symbols and uh, and the history of of the uh, discology discography I should say um, of their work and um, and incorporate all those elements in his. In his pitch, and uh, obviously it worked. He, he also said he'd, he'd been he contacted Stern a few times in the past um, to try and get in, involved in, in doing art for Pinball, and hadn't heard anything back. 
Yeah, but all, those all of a sudden he had. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Don't so, you hate it when you don't hear anything back? Yeah, so I, mean, I know he, he's hopeful that uh, that will lead to to future work with the company and uh, on some of their other licensed titles. Well, I have to say um, the um, um, I, I do like the art on the um, uh, the pro and the limited edition uh, uh, cabinets. The um, the premium one, I was a little bit like, um, ooh, not sure whether I want that as a centerpiece in my living room, but um, but to each his own, I suppose. Are you talking about the back glass or the translator? No, the, cab- cabinet, the cabinet, cabinet side, side. Art, uh, yeah. I'm mostly referring to. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a bit um, a bit sort of Star Warsy, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it? Doctor um, Who comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a space theme, but obviously there's there is a certain amount of uh, of, of all that. It in ties the, ties in, the in with itself. the theme, I suppose. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, so, anyway. Um, we should probably uh, probably rush to, to other subjects. Rush. Yes, Yay. because <laughs> <laughs> so um, we mentioned well, we mentioned just now about uh, about Jack Danger streaming the, uh, the the first live play of the game on uh, Friday evening. Well, we have some some other news about Jack, don't we? Yes, Jack has officially joined the uh, Stern Pinball uh, design team as a pinball designer. Uh, obviously, uh, as we reported a couple of uh, episodes ago, um, he already designed the Jurassic Park pin, the mm-hmm. home model of uh, Jurassic Park. And uh, that was quite a surprise, um, although it was no secret that he was working on a game design for Stern. But apparently they liked that, uh, or Jack uh, so much that they offered him a, uh, an in-house position as uh, as pinball designer. Yeah, well, so congratulations, congratulations to, to Jack yeah. and, and to Stern and, and the other designers in the team, John, Brian and Keith. Right. So it's a, a powerful team they have there now. But uh, I wonder what that means uh, for uh, Dead Flip. Because well, Jack indicated that uh, Dead Flip will continue as uh, as it usually uh, uh, is, so he'll be streaming, uh, I think, uh, almost uh, every weekday. Um, and he's still uh, uh, streaming games from other manufacturers as well. Right. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a good deal then. It's, it seems like a win-win for, for everyone there. Right. Yeah. So, And uh, I have to say, Stern may be lucky to have Jack Danger come on as a, uh, uh, a new talent, but we're also happy to have Jack Danger as a uh, streamer, uh, because he's brought a lot to the hobby, I suppose. Yes, absolutely. I think he's uh, expanded the the uh, the audience for for, uh, for streaming of pinball games, and 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 as a result of that, the playing of pinball games. Right. Okay. So now um, uh, I already can see in my notes what the <laughs> next topic is. So it's time for a nap while Martin. Um, reads out the um, uh, the code updates for games, and that's quite a lot this time. So. I'll well, be back yes. in twenty minutes. Okay, I'll uh, I'll I'll wake you up with uh, I'll say I'll say the word rush. A bell will ring and you'll wake up. So um, yeah, there's been been a lot a lot of code this month from Stern, and uh, mainly driven, I'd say, by by uh, by pushing the Insider Connect connected uh, system into uh, some of some of the back catalogue of games, but also taking the opportunity to fix a few bugs and add a new few new features. As well, so um, we'll just run down these these quickly. Um, so the, the monsters that got version uh, one point ten, 
which uh, added a lot more speech, um, added things like the DJ mixer, um, added a new couch potato challenge, which is a two ball times multi ball with uh, with two stages, which end when it's complete or the, the time runs out or all the balls drain. Um, there's a chattering teeth progressive award, multiple tweaks and um, some new adjustments, uh, but it, that didn't include Insider Connected, interestingly enough. Um, so that will come at some point. There will be a second update, which will include that and uh, the associated achievements that go with it. Uh, Stranger Things had version 1.05 um, to add Insider Connected um, achievements and a few bug fixes. Godzilla had had version 0.85, which, as you'd expect, will, is still in development, and um, which also did the same thing. Uh, the Beatles as well, remember that? Yes. Well, that's got version 1.20, which also added uh, entirely connected and uh, fixed a few bugs. Aerosmith, yes, all the way back there. Yep. Um, that, that also had entirely connected added. Uh, Black Knight, Sword of Rage, had two updates. Actually, um, one which um, added entirely connected achievements and um, fixed a few bugs, and the other fixed a few other bugs. Guardians of the Galaxy, version 1.09, same again, entirely connected, and all the achievements. Led Zeppelin had it added as well, and The Mandalorian um, had two updates, version 1.000 and version 1.010, which uh, added quite a few tweaks to the rules and some bug fixes, but that also didn't have Insider Connected added yet. So um, Insider Connected is apparently coming soon for Batman 66, The Mandalorian, Star Wars, and The Monsters. And I think that's, that's all pending licensor agreement over the nature of the achievements and the uh, the awards that you get for doing that. Um, so yes, as you, as you can see, a lot of code this month. Um, congratulations to the, the, the coding team at Sterling getting all that stuff um, out before the end of the year. It's, uh, there's a lot of games and a lot of owners there are very happy to get to uh, all that and nice to see some love being given to uh, to some of the older, well, relatively older games uh, as far as getting bug fixes and the uh, entirely connected added to them. And uh, I think it's probably time to wake up Jonathan now, so I'll give him a quick check. <laughs> so, uh, well, actually, it's not you that woke me up. Oh, um, yeah, it's that. my phone ringing. Yes. Oh, well, that was handy. Yeah, that's almost like an alarm. But <laughs> exactly. we know what that means, don't we? Yeah. Oh well, if you hear the Clash London calling, you, uh, it's only can only be one person. Yeah. It's our good friend Gary Flower calling. Hey, Gary. Okay. Well, let's um, uh, um, let's get him on and uh, see what he has to say. Okay. Hey, Gary. Happy hey, New Year. Happy New Year. Hi, guys. I just wanted to wish you a happy New Great. Year. Great. Yeah. Great. And let yeah, you know thanks. the good news. Well, I've updated yeah. the software on oh, my good. telephone. Oh, good. So. Next oh, time. Oh, Gary? Well, that went there. well, didn't it? Are you still there, Gary? Sounds like his phone could do with a code update as well. Well, I think one. he got one, but it doesn't work that well. He apparently. wants the one that fixes the last one. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, well, terribly sorry about that. I was really hoping to have uh, yeah. Gary uh, uh, finally come on the show. Uh, let's make that a resolution for this year. Finally get Gary on the show. Properly, yes. 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 Okay. So, well, well I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure. I'm sure all the uh, all the times he hasn't made it on, he's probably he could probably have a a, a pincast all to himself with all the things he wanted to tell us. Well, at some point, we should do a best of Gary uh, uh, episode. I <laughs> 
Best of No Gary. Yes. <laughs> right. So, okay. Yeah, anyway, moving on. Uh, moving on to our second headline, um, which is uh, regarding Multimorphic. The, uh, the company uh, of Jerry, uh, Jerry Stellenberg that uh, um, is developing the, uh, the P3 um, platform, I would say. Yeah, pinball platform. And, um, of course, not just Jerry, but a, a big team of people now. Well, yeah, the team is expanding, I would say. Exactly. So have two, two new uh, additions to the Multimorphic team in the, uh, in the form of uh, Colin McAlpine, and Bowen Kerens, and uh, they will be very familiar names to anybody who follows uh, competitive pinball, I would say, because uh, both top international players, very highly ranked in the in the world rankings, and of course Bowen had had been working previously with Spooky Pinball, right. doing um, working on their on their rules and um, Rick and Morty mostly, I think. Yeah, in order to to. Uh, well, basically, enhance them and make them make them accessible and enjoyable and deep enough as well for all levels of players. And uh, but now, well, he left them a while ago. I think we reported that in an earlier pincast. And he's now teamed up with Colin, and they are working with the Multimorphic team, right, where which, uh, uh, where they will apparently be involved in and and I quote. The full creative process on current and future multimorphic titles, with a special focus on game rules and ensuring P3 games are fun and engaging for players of all skill levels. So there you go. They'll right. be they'll be working with the design game game uh, layout playfield designers and rule designers and software coders to uh, to make the games more fun, basically. Right. Okay. Um, what I found uh, very interesting, um, I'm not sure whether you know this, but uh, obviously, uh, first of all, thanks to uh, thank to Jerry Stellenberg, um, we had the heads up on this news so we could mm-hmm. um, um, uh, launch it at the same time as it would be revealed by uh, by Jerry uh, on our uh, respective websites, Pinball News and Pinball-Magazine.com. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, what happened on Facebook was that um, former um, Deep Root designer John Norris mm. uh, chimed in and he started, uh, uh, was basically offering his services to design rule sets for Multimorphic as well. Yes, I did um, see that. Yep. Yeah, and uh, well, obviously they just hired uh, two people to do that, so I'm not sure whether there's any need for John, but... Um, on the other hand, um, it's an open platform. So, um, if if John would like to um, uh, design a complete new rule set for Heist, for example, uh, nothing is stopping him other than making sure that he has a P three uh, um, platform himself to to develop and test uh, the code that he would write if he if he would want to. But it's interesting to see that the um, Deep root former former deep root employees are seeking new um, new ways to um, uh, generate some income. I would say. Yes, we'll uh, we'll move on to them a little bit later, um, and and talk about what's been happening at deep root and uh, deep root pinball in particular. But um, yes, I mean I've seen John um, a few times um, offering his services um, in in in. Uh, he, he he describes himself as more a sort of a, a rules guy rather than a, a playfield designer. Yeah, yeah, which is uh, 
a bit strange because he was a well, he was both really at right. uh, he was employed for as as, as both at uh, at Deeproot and, and had his own and thing coming up. Uh, before that, mm. long before that. Oh yes, yeah. Well, he's got a, a big back history there. But um, yeah, anyway, he seems to be looking more towards what he can do with with rules now, which uh, which is maybe a little more more uh, easily achieved without having to uh, to have an entire playfield of a production line, which is uh, as we've seen, not the simplest thing in the world to to build up from scratch. Right. Okay. So, but there's more news about Multimorphic. Indeed, there is. Yes. Um, just, I should probably just before we just move on. I should also just mention that uh, I did ask um, Jerry about whether Colin and, and Bowen would be going back and looking at any of the existing titles with a view to uh, changing the rules or adding extra code to them. And he said that, that that's not their plan at the moment, but uh, not to rule anything out. But yes, um, carrying on. Um, Multimorphic have added uh, an upgraded flipper assemblies to the to the P3 pinball platform, which uh, apparently deliver more or better ball control and more consistent flipper power. Now, all new P3 machines coming from the Multimorphic factory in Round Rock in, in Texas will uh, include these enhanced flippers. But they're also available to any existing P3 owners uh, for the princely sum of $40. So, no, not a huge outlay in order to improve the feel of the flippers on if you've got one of those games right. and they're available to pre-order right now but they, they do need new software in order to take advantage of the uh, the upgraded kits if they haven't got the upgrade haven't got the new software or uh, then the the, uh, the flippers will behave exactly as they do now but you can download new software from the uh, multimorphic website once you've got the the kits and uh, it will take advantage of the new hardware. So that's uh, that's a nice little and relatively cheap upgrade if you have a P3. Right. Well, um, it's always uh, great to improve the uh, the quality of your uh, flippers and uh, enhance your uh, game experience, I suppose. Absolutely. Who wouldn't want to do that? Right. So, and, uh, well, this time, uh, let me take care of the uh, software updates. Because okay. In, unlike Stern, this is a rather short list. Um, oh, there's oh. a new code update for Sorcerer's Apprentice, version 1.0.3.0, which adds more uh, than 60 additional voice calls, including more insults, a few f- uh, bug fixes, <laughs> support for new flipper assemblies, and a couple of gameplay behavior tweaks. Yes, that's right. The um, the insults I think can be switched on and off if you if you don't want your game to insult you while you're playing it. It's uh, you can disable those and just have I would it, just, just have love it tell you it. nice things. I would just love it if if you would tweak that um, adjustment and if you turn it off, that the game would insult you for turning it off. <laughs> that would be so hilarious. <laughs> I like your thinking. <laughs> Okay, well, I think that about wraps it up for, uh, for news from Multimorphic for uh, for December and the very start of January. Right, so and then, uh, well, uh, we already briefly mentioned uh, Deep Root uh, Pinball in relation to uh, John Norris, but um, there is some news about uh, Deep Root Pinball, and it's not the best news um, if you're uh, um, uh, hoping to buy one of their games, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um most of the Deep Root family of companies filed for bankruptcy, which is uh, with Chapter 7 bankruptcy, which is the one which is like the end of the line, really. 
Uh, chapter 11 is the one where they're sort of protected from their creditors and they can try and do a restructure and, uh, and carry on trading. But chapter 7 is, okay, basically closing the doors and locking game them. Game over. And, yeah, game over. Um, so that's for a whole raft of uh, deep root companies, but, but a couple of smaller ones actually haven't. Filed for, for or hadn't filed for, for bankruptcy um, yeah, until recently. Yes, that's right. So the ones which did were Policy Services, oh, another list. Wizard Mode Media, Deep Root Pinball, uh, Deep Root, um, the, the two funds, Growth, uh, Growth Runs Deep Fund and 575 Fund. Um, uh, so a couple of uh, three and five year debenture funds. Uh, Deep Root Tech, which is the parent company of, of Deep Root Pinball. Deep Root Studios, which is the uh, the animation bit that was uh, that was based over in Utah, and uh, Deep Root Capital Management, which um, obviously failed in their in their name. Um, so there are um, yeah quite a few companies there, and uh, they have been given or Robert Mueller has been given extra time to file the statement and uh, statement of financial affairs and, and schedule. Um, in fact, only until tomorrow, at the time of this podcasting, we're recording this this pincast on the fifth of January, and uh, the clock runs out on that on on the sixth. Not to say it won't be um, extended again, because that often happens with, uh, especially if there are uh, things like uh, you know, Christmas, New Year, and all that that stop. Um, oh, that's searches give him extra time to work on those. I well, exactly. Yes. Well, um, anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Whether that gets extended again. Right. In the meantime, there, uh, if you are owed money um, from all games, from Deep Root Pinball, there is a meeting of creditors scheduled on January the 28th. Does that also count for the people that invested in uh, any of the Deep Root funds? Uh, I would think it would, yes. I think so. Yeah. It's, uh, it'll be for the, for the whole range of companies. So, yes, which includes the... Uh, that should be a happy get-together. 575 fund. I, I, I would hope it would be uh, a virtual one um, for, for everyone's safety. And uh, I mean that in both senses. But that's... Um, <laughs> it does appear... Sorry. That, <laughs> appears that there is no... There are no assets available to pay creditors, according to the court. And they say, therefore, please do not file a proof of claim now. If it later appears that assets are available to pay creditors, the clerk of the court will send you another notice telling you how to file your proof of claim and the deadline for doing so. But basically they're saying, well, as far as we can see, there's no money left and there's no assets. So um, good luck, really. But uh, well, it's, uh, find out more on January the 28th, anyway, at 9 o'clock, uh, when they have the meeting of the creditors. Um uh, I suppose we'll be addressing this in our next uh, pincast uh, at the uh, beginning of February. Yes, I guess so. Um, I'm not really sure what's going to happen there, other than the fact that we're told that there's, there isn't anything, and and at some point the uh, the motion or the uh, the bankruptcy will be granted, and that right. will be uh, be the end of that uh, that tale. But, but of course, it won't be because there is, there are assets. I was going to say there, there there must be prototypes of the games that they worked on and and um, uh, the assets to to or or whatever you need to build those prototypes. Yeah, well, there's equipment that's been bought. You know, we've we've seen the the printed circuit board uh, machine 
that right. they bought, I assume, and I assume bought uh, and paid for. Maybe they didn't, and maybe it's been taken back, or it belongs to somebody else, or you know, or it was leased, or who knows the story behind that. But, but I'm sure this will all come out in due course. There was a, there was an awful lot of paperwork associated with a with an event like this. And right, but still, the assets that 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 we have seen in pictures and the prototypes, I doubt will recover $60 million. Uh, it's very difficult to imagine they have much in the way of financial value. The games themselves, yes, you know, if there are, if there are two Razo games, then yeah, maybe maybe they can they can bring in, I don't know, 20,000 each at, for just a rarity value. Um, but then, you know, as in all, almost all bankruptcies, there's a very strict pecking order when it comes to who who gets that money and normally right at the very top is the government and the uh, IRS or the the tax authorities who will uh, who will be probably take any money which is uh, recovered then there'll be some secured creditors and then there'll be the unsecured creditors who will be the people who paid the games and didn't get them all those people who um, who were waiting for um, a game in lieu of uh, payment from 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 Zidware, you know, as well. So if they didn't take the the cash offer earlier and waited to get a, a, a razor later down the line, uh, they will be unsecured creditors as well. So, and I wouldn't imagine that uh, there'll be any money left by the time it gets down to them. But that's normally the way with these things. We've seen this happen a few times in the past. So, anyway, as you say, next month we should have some more details about exactly what happened at the meeting of the creditors on the 28th of January. Right, so, um, slightly deep root related, and yet not yet, uh, not <coughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, as we all know, one of the titles that um, John Poppadurg was working on, um, uh, which he carried over to Deep Root, was uh, Alice in mm-hmm. Wonderland. Yep. Um, but... Uh, that was not the first time that John worked on an Alice in Wonderland design. He actually worked on that at um, uh, Bally Williams as well uh, when they uh, when he joined them, uh, rejoined them, I should say, probably uh, at the late 80s, I would say. Um, and interestingly enough, um, there was a prototype which uh, recently surfaced again. Okay. And uh, Pinball Profile did a uh, a podcast with uh, Michael Henley, who worked with John on that game. And um, uh, there's a topic on Pinside. If you if you just uh, use the search term uh, Alice in Wonderland, it will pop right up. Uh, that will show you uh, pictures of the original prototype that John did for Belly that back in the day wasn't taken into production, but it's still interesting to take a look at. Mm, very good. Yeah, well, that's... that's uh Let's head over and, and have a look at that. Right. Uh, so something you mentioned there, which um, I only saw in, in, in passing yesterday, and maybe you, you know more about it than I do, but uh, or you read more about it because I was in a bit of a rush at the time. No? No? Okay. Um, Trying was, to uh, figure out, uh, yeah, what? No, Ding. Was, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. No, I've got there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I saw we talk about pinball profile. I saw that uh, that Jeff Giolis, um said he was uh, going to stop doing. Yeah, he's taking profile. some time off for uh, to take care of some personal um, things. I w- uh, I suppose. Well, he he, he was uh, intimating that, that he'd been there'd been some threats um, flying around and some harassment of him 
which would which caused him to to stop doing to stop doing any more pinball profiles. Well, who did he arrest? Well, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know why. What the story behind it is, and probably never will know. But um, it was another one of you know sort of harks back to uh, this week in pinball, didn't it? With uh, with Jeff there, and uh, the, re- the reason that, that he gave for uh, for stopping doing his his well, weekly uh, updates. Canada's also being arrested. I suppose we have a new hobby. Harassing pinball podcasters. Canada's being harassed, rather than the other way around. Wow. <laughs> Presumably people are having to pay to get beyond the firewall or the paywall in order to actually harass him, are they? Uh, yeah, or companies harassing him for uh, leaking all their uh, secret oh, right. info. Oh, well, yeah. No surprise there, then. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was sorry to hear, to, uh, to hear about Jeff, anyway, and I hope that, yeah, well, uh, I hope that well, resolves itself very very soon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. With, uh, best wishes to, uh, to Jeff to yeah. solving that issue, uh, and, of course, for the, for the new year. And yep. um, uh, well, he did so many pinball profiles. It's hard to have listened to all of them, but uh, uh, a very good um, uh, interviewer, I would say. So uh, uh, we hope to have him back soon. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to uh, to some uh, slightly better news then. After, uh, after a few a few minutes of uh, somewhat depressing stuff, let's. Um, Let's move on to what's been happening in American pinball because, uh, well, no, they, they moved to their new place a while ago, but uh, right. they've been been holding a little ceremony there. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, uh, I even got an invite. That mm, was very me nice. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, not that I could attend, but no. uh, apparently uh, about a hundred people could, um, mm-hmm. And that was, um, uh, I think it was uh, December 16th, where they had a ribbon-cutting ceremony at the new Palatine location. Now, this is an uh, an Aimtron location, and American Pinball is part of the Aimtron group and uh, at that address. Mm-hmm. So, um, so about 100 people uh, in attendance um, for the official opening. Uh, but in the meantime, they were already working there, so not a big change other than just a ceremony. Yeah, it's kind of an official opening, you know, where they can invite uh, officials, supporters and community members, elected officials, and right. and the mayor as well, again, um, to uh, to be there and have a little, you know, little get-together, hopefully uh, socially distanced. Right, yeah. So, And that was actually all the news from American Pinball this month. So. Yeah, yeah, not... Not a huge amount. They're still uh, still busy building games. So uh, well, good luck to them. They are, yes. Yeah. So, uh, good. Well, uh, moving on to um, Jersey Jack Pinball, uh, which is uh, uh, just a block away from Stern Pinball, if you uh, know. Not much news there. No. Um, they did release a uh, Jersey Jack Holiday Show podcast in which. Uh, I think the entire uh, factory crew was uh, invited as well to uh, explain what they are doing. Um, uh, well, it's a holiday podcast, so they are wishing uh, all these people are wishing you happy holidays and um, uh, hoping that or saying that they are working on a new game that will hopefully come out in the future. And <laughs> yada, yada. yeah, so. Um, um, yeah, it, it is what it is. And uh, exactly, yeah, so not much news there. No, if, if you uh, other than yeah, of course, people are working on new games. What else do we expect? <laughs> yes, and code updates for existing games, of course. Right. 
and um, oh well, um, and um, uh, all Jersey Jack pinball games uh, now have wireless support and scoreboard integration, except Pirates of the Caribbean. But that's uh, still in beta and uh, not released yet. Uh, but that's coming as well. So yes, yeah, so it, it does exist at least, and uh, it's nice. They all got all got scoreboard and wireless um, support for uh, downloading updates. And uh, and obviously for the score bit side of it as well, so right. uh, I think you need to buy yourself a wireless dongle for those games um, prior to um, Guns N' Roses in order to to activate that. But you can you can always plug into the Ethernet port in the meantime if you haven't got a, a dongle. And right. uh, yeah, and and in, enjoy some some score bit uh, enjoyment and um, and achievements and uh, record your high scores and, right. and play against other people. So right. yeah, good stuff. Yeah, so um, I was actually surprised to receive a uh, uh, a call from Jersey Jack Pinball founder uh, Jack Warnieri just after Christmas, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, very pleasant call. Uh, lots of details that I can't discuss here, but I figured it would be interesting to at least let you know that uh, we're on speaking terms. I'd be shocked if you weren't. Well... <laughs> you know, we had we we had a little situation last year that we didn't go into, but um, um, yeah. Uh, well, let's let's just see what twenty twenty two will bring in terms of um, that situation. Yeah, I think I think we're, I think we're all good anyway. Going going into oh, the we're new all year. good, absolutely yes. no, no problem there. Um, and uh, I just hope that. Um, well, that we can uh, move on and uh, uh, finally do whatever we're, what what we were supposed to be doing in the first place uh, last year already. So anyway, right. okay. So talk about moving that, on. Let that be a teaser for <laughs> for for upcoming episodes. Yes, let's move on to. We're working uh, on something big, people. Something <laughs> really big. <laughs> yes, we should turn that into a podcast, so a holiday podcast. Um, yeah, Haggis Pinball, and uh, some some news from uh, from Australia. Finally, yes. Yeah. Okay, so the latest news from from Damien uh, from uh, Haggis Pinball. Uh, he said that uh, this was in a, a, uh, an update that came out in December. So yeah, it's, video uh, update, so you yeah. can watch it on their Facebook page. You can indeed, uh, and uh, and I think on YouTube as well. Uh, all the Celts games uh, were supposed to have been built by the end of December. So we don't know whether they actually achieved that, but uh, probably did. You know, it was, uh, I was assuming they did. Yes, it was relatively close to the end of December when he uh, when he released that uh, that latest update. So we could see the end in sight for those. There was um, there was some suggestions uh, around that uh, there have been extra Celts orders taken recently, and that uh, those games or oh, those games were being built as part of that batch. Which would be ahead of the people who ordered the Fathom Revisited game some well, time ago. Uh, still, I can. If you're already building that game, you can build a few more. That's not earth-shattering. It makes sense to do it that way, but um, and, and it probably wouldn't take very long either. You know, it's only I don't know a matter of a few days. I would have thought uh, for the yeah. extra orders that they that, that they might have taken. But uh, some people's noses were put out of joint but thinking that uh, somebody was jumping the queue and getting their game built ahead of theirs. But well, uh, that, technically that's true, but it makes sense yeah, as well. It does, yeah. But uh, but I think that was really because people were 
um, hadn't had an update for a while and were wondering what was going on with the, the Fathom Revisited Order book. But what is happening with them is that uh, production for that game is due to begin in January. So Which now is this month. Yeah, Woohoo! Yeah, so it may already have started by the time you're listening to this. So Fathom Revisited should be, uh, should be on the line and those games, um, lots of them I think, uh, were ordered, should be uh, produced. And I think it was the... Um, Mermaid edition was coming out. That was going to be made first, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. Things change, and well, um, let 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 them get things in production. I mean, it took quite a while for Kelso to be taken into production. So let's see how it goes this time, because uh, we still have supply chain issues uh, hurting everybody in the business, basically. Mm-hmm. So let's not get ahead of ourselves or day, and uh, you know. Um, and uh, one last uh, fun fact to, to mention is that um, Celts apparently won uh, Best Modern Pinball at the Pincinetti Show. Well, congratulations to, to Haggis then on, uh, on winning that, which uh, it, it's good that they had one there and it was obviously well received. Apparently, yes. Um, and um, oh well. Uh, looking forward to hearing more from uh, from Haggis, and I'm really curious to see how those uh, fat and revisited games will turn out to be. Yeah, good. Well, next month we should have more more news on on whether and and how production is going on that game. Right, and while we're on the other side of the world, mm-hmm. um, let's uh, uh, move on to uh, Homepin Factory in uh, Taiwan, yeah. Mike Kalinowski. Um, he showed a uh, uh, well, lots of parts coming in for uh, this is Spinal Tap, which is their upcoming game. Yeah. Uh, think about um, controller PCBs, RAMs, plastics, um, um, coils, uh, whatever you. Um, all sorts of parts are coming in, um, which is a good thing. The 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 less good thing is mm-hmm. that they are still waiting on some parts before they actually can. Uh, begin production um, so there is a slight delay uh, which he's not denying um, uh, but he's making good use of that delay by adding more general illumination to uh, to the game right okay and um, uh, I talked to Mike uh, for over an hour yesterday which was uh, uh, as always a very uh, very pleasant call um, he was able to share some images with me of what um, uh, this Spinal Tap uh, is going to look like. And um, uh, obviously I can't share those, no. so I won't. Um, but it's uh, from what I've seen, um, it looks to be an interesting game. <laughs> I'd be uh, shocked if you said otherwise, to be honest. Um, yeah, uh, basically I told Mike that... Um, uh, obviously, uh, looks are one thing, and um, but it's uh, the main, the, the most important thing is the game should be fun, and I think it's also very important to pay attention to the choreography of the game, so that if you shoot a ball into a scoop, that you don't have to wait twenty seconds before the game interacts with what happened. Yeah, it also needs to needs to shoot well. You know, the shots need to be fun and. Yes. Uh, in, uh, and and not reject the ball all the time like we've seen uh, in in some other games in the past. Certainly, the, the, the initial offerings from from various companies have, have not always shot as well as, as they could do. Yeah. So um, 
but according to Mike, uh, a lot has been improved. So um, let's wait and see. And uh, hopefully he will be able to show the final uh, 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 product, basically, uh, soon. Yes. Well, um, it, was, it was supposed to be before the end of the year. Yes. I but, asked uh, uh, but uh, I asked him about that as well. There was a contractual obligation to uh, Marshall, wasn't it? Marshall amplifiers. Yeah, they yeah. had a, an Marshall anniversary. Had a anniversary, and the game should be present there. But and I asked about that, and um, uh, basically, Mike was off the hook, as um, he had not received uh, uh, confirmation to use uh, certain elements that he wants to use in the game, and uh, therefore it could not be displayed. Uh, so licensing issues can work to ah. your advantage <laughs> yes. as well. Yes, that's a nice get-out clause. I like it. Yes, yeah. Okay. Um, so we'll we'll again wait to see what happens with uh, with this is Spinal Tap and with, with how production for that is coming along in our in our next pincast um, at the beginning of February. Right. Okay. So so uh, while we're, we're on the uh, the tour of pinball companies, let's um, let's head up to uh, well um, Europe. Yeah, head back. Well, I say back to Europe, but head to Europe for uh, for Pinball Brothers, and uh, they've been been busy. They've been uh, revealing their their limited version of the game with of uh, Alien. That is absolutely yes. Good point. I, I was uh, I was taking that for granted, but yeah, it's Alien limited version. Uh, if you're wondering why it was limited version, not limited edition, all that became a bit clearer a bit later, and we'll, we'll come to that. It, uh, but the limited version has uh, illuminated in interior side art, um, which um, which looks very impressive and really uh, <laughs> ties the game together. I don't I don't want to say that no, but um, um, it has blue blue powder coat side armor uh, with a sort of alien head shape. Um, it has a shaker motor. has has some beacons on the back box, which are shorter than the ones on the original highway pinball version. But uh, that was often going to be uh, an advantage for people who, who have um, normal height ceilings. So they should be able to get that in without uh, having to cut holes in the, in the ceiling for, the, for their beacons. Yeah. Uh, has uh, different back glass art to the standard edition and has a numbered dog tag on the apron, illuminated backboard art, uh, anti-reflective glass and um, some different pot bumper caps which show the eggs being open rather than ab about to open right not that makes a big difference but uh, it is different from the original version yeah and um, if i'm not mistaken the uh, the the cabinet art is also different and i have to say i kind of like it yeah um i think when i first found out the details of it i was a bit underwhelmed you know it's um, this is a limited version there's not a huge amount of difference that um but overall, I think, um, you know, given the choice, it would definitely be worthwhile going for the limited version over the standard version. Right. And um, Well, speaking of that limited version, yeah. um, there's a charity auction being held for the, uh, the first game that will come off the production line. And uh, that game will have the serial number LV426. Uh, why is that significant? Apparently... That's significant because the um, uh, the planet where the aliens were found is called LV twenty six. 
and hence the limited version. Uh, sorry, LV four twenty six. Yes, hence the LV limited version. And it could also LV be four two six. I haven't seen the movie, so I'm not sure whether I'm pronouncing it correctly. Four twenty six. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, yes. Um, well, they've been having this this charity auction for that particular number, which is it's only open to people who have already ordered, uh, or in fact already purchased uh, a limited version of the game. Um, and it's ju- the auction is just for the, the right to have that number. It doesn't include the actual machine itself. So you still have to buy the machine, and then you, ha- and then you can bid to have LV426 as the number of that machine. Okay, proceeds are going to a good cause, which hasn't been specified by Pimble Brothers yet. Um, and as you said, this will be the very first game to leave the factory, the first, first limited version game to leave the, the factory which I'm not sure is a good thing or a bad thing, because it means uh, if there are any issues with the games when they get to customers' homes that they want to fix, um, it's too late. But uh, hopefully they will have ironed out all bugs by that stage, because it's not like they don't know how to make alien games. They've been doing it for a while. Right. So, and um, yeah, well, that's that's the news, uh, the well, official news. I'm still curious whether we, we get to see uh, the uh, uh, Queen taken into production this year. Yeah, that's the game that they uh, uh, that that was exhibited, uh, probably up until now until in now. London, yeah. and and yep. and it's about to 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 be removed from the Queen uh, pop up uh, merchandise store. Yes, uh, literally uh, any day now. And um, oh, should should we also mention uh, going back to that auction that we were talking about? It's the auction is open until that first game ships, which is going to be sometime this month, but um, it's not specified exactly when. Uh, when I looked uh, a few days ago, the current highest bid was $10,000. Which is already, for uh, quite some time, that the bid is $10,000. So yeah. not much uh, activity going on there. No, I think that may have put most other people off bidding. But that's remember, that's just for a number. You can go to buy the game on top. Yeah, I'll, I'll just take uh, LV427 <laughs> and I'll be just as happy with it. Yeah, I'll get 428 and just file off a little bit of the 8. So it looks like it says six. That's very, very smart. Yeah. <laughs> or just go to uh, go onto eBay and get a dog tag made up with the, with the same number on it for uh, like about five bucks or something. Anyway, yes. So moving on from uh, Pinball Brothers, thank you for uh, for mentioning about uh, Queen. About Queen, yes. And reminding me about that. Yeah. yeah. So, Spooky so, Pinball can, can be yes. next. Let's go back to uh, to the US, and they have some some news and some new code. Yes, and um, well, you love uh, you know how I love new code. Uh, Who in this case, yeah, uh, uh, version one point oh five for both Halloween and Ultraman, hmm. which yep. uh, has a new um, mode added, a stalker mode or a Dada mode. Yeah, stalker for and, Halloween and Dada for Ultraman. Yeah, and um, and a bunch of behavior changes and bug fixes. So, yeah, and uh, of course they're still uh, in the process of uh, of building these games, and um, I'm not sure how far into the production they are. Um, uh, on on pin side, uh, total nuclear annihilation uh, 2.0 is uh, also still being rumored as coming up at some point in the future, but I susp- uh, I expect them to finish at least 
the production for Halloween and Ultraman first, and who knows whether they go into that game, uh, the TNA 2.0, at that point, or whether they first do another game. We don't know yet. Yeah, it'll be but, interesting because uh, we don't think we don't think Scott is uh, currently working with Spooky, do we, on uh, on future games? Right, and um, yeah, Scott is uh, actually involved with uh, Multimorphic mm, uh, at, the, exactly. at the moment. Yeah, um, but that doesn't mean that a rerun of Total Nuclear Annihilation is out of the question. Um, but that's up to Spooky and Scott to figure out how they are going to do that. Yeah, so. Sure. Uh, but uh, so while we're looking ahead um, on Facebook, Spooky did mention that uh, 2021 was their best year yet. Um, obviously, uh, record-breaking uh, game reveal with two games on the same day going into uh, um, uh, being on, on, on or becoming available to buy and and, and bringing in a. Uh, uh, the biggest uh, revenue so ever for, green, for Spooky uh, Pinball. And all selling out. Right. And they're looking so to go even bigger in 2022, which is this year. So. Yeah. Well, they moved to the premises last year. expanded their existing premises, I should say. Yeah, so they're already in their biggest facility yet and still expecting 2022 to be bigger than last year. So that makes me wonder what we can expect from Spooky. Well, one of the things we can expect is uh, some, some new people because uh, they, they've got two, two new team members to help them get even bigger. They've got DJ, who is uh, doing uh, programming and helping with game design. Is that the wicked, wicked DJ? <laughs> <laughs> it could well be. I think uh, we'll have to wait and see. We'll, we'll get back to you in February with, that, with the answer to that question. And, and also uh, Luke. Uh, we've already, already got a Luke, but um, we've got another Luke. Oh, it's, anyway. it's not, I thought it was the same Luke. I don't think so. I think it's a new Luke um, who's going to be uh, involved with uh, quality assurance, uh, game um, checking and um, game development as well. Um, so congratulations to, to them on, right. uh, on joining the Spooky team. Right. So, okay, well, so that, that sort of rounds it up for a Spooky Pinball. I think it does. Um, but um, so uh, moving up north, uh, yep. we have Pinball Adventures of um, uh, Andrew, I forgot his last name. Something McBain. Will be, yes, McBain. There you go. Um for, um, uh, well, he has been teasing Punny Factory and uh, Elements um, for quite some time. Yeah. And um, uh, you pointed uh, out to me uh, and everybody else, by the way, that uh, while their Facebook is uh, completely dead, um, on Instagram they're actually frequently posting. And um, the past month they have been, um, or he has been posting, uh, some photos of a uh, a playfield that's being assembled. One, um, it's a punny factory. Inter- playfield. Yeah, for yeah. for uh, for um, uh, the interesting thing on that is that apparently all uh, 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 targets and uh, uh, assemblies that are um, on the game yeah. um, have connectors on them, the solenoids, making mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, which making it easy to. Um, uh, supposedly um, uh, for assembly, so you don't have to solder the wires on. You just connect them to the right connector. Yeah, but something I noticed on looking at that picture was that the the the, the actual leads 
on those connectors are very, very short, which kind of leads me to think, well, these days you generally have a, a, a circuit board under the play field, which everything will plug into, or a number of circuit boards, which then be linked together. So everything only has a short lead onto a circuit board, uh, which then has a controller on it, uh, which is linked you know, back to a, the main processor. Well, on the, the picture that they, pictures that they've been showing, or Andrew's been showing on uh, Instagram, all the leads are probably about, oh, I don't know, about two, three inches long, I, I guess. Yeah, something uh, like that. Which means there's no way they're going to reach into reach your controller board anywhere. So they must be must be having a wiring loom that's going going past all these that all that these are plugging into. Yeah, very old school. Yeah, it is old school, and uh, all the switches, of course, uh, I notice, I've also got diodes on them as well, which kind of suggests it's going in going to be part of the switch matrix rather than dedicated switches going to a dedicated controller board somewhere. So. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be quite quite traditional design, with a switch matrix, probably a lamp matrix, and um, and not a, uh, um, a Ethernet connected system. Right. Okay. So, um, well, uh, we'll hope to, to to figure out how that uh, what what the plans are, or see a fully functioning game mm. any anytime soon. It's also interesting to see uh, in the in the example in the game that's being built there. They seem to be using a mixture of Williams and Stern coils for the solenoids, hmm. <laughs> which which struck me as, as just you know just humorous that uh, a new startup company would be using other people's coils. Right. So uh, yeah. Um. Um. Last episode we also uh, mentioned a uh, uh, the new website for pinball adventures which actually um, has been uh, updated uh, to the point where uh, at least on the the, the punny factory and elements uh, pages there's uh, some more info mm, yes and apparently both games will uh, have a production run of 100 standard editions and there will be 12 um, sort of limited editions, but mm. they're either called an engraved edition for a Pony Factory or a night edition, with a K, that is, for elements. You should probably say those, those are the maximum numbers, rather than they're definitely going to make 100. Well, yeah, for... Uh, okay. <laughs> up to 100 yes. machines and up to... Up to twelve of the the limited edition ones, as you say. Well, hopefully they will I? get to those numbers. Um, uh, if the game is fun enough, I'm sure they will. Indeed, and priced well, and uh, well, and uh, is reliable enough. That's right, and has a good reputation with it. Right. Um, so. One of the, one of the other interesting things. Uh, well, let's just talk about the the engraved edition because that's, that's something we saw when the when we first started talking about Punny Factory. Was there were, Andrew was very keen on having this this wooden fully wooden uh, dark wood cabinet with the logo in, embossed or the opposite of embossed engraved into the side and that's still a, a thing so that but only only 12 of those will ever be produced by the looks of it and they, it's also interesting they all come with that, that smokestack topper which is um, something which seemed like a bit of a, a bit of a wacky idea when it was first mooted that you can you can have a smoke machine inside the game which, you know, as the, the punnies are manufactured, you know, would give a puff of smoke 
out of the top of the back box. If you, oh, I usually blow a few resistors and <laughs> uh, I get the smoke as well. <laughs> yeah. After. Probably not we all want the smoke. Yes, the magic smoke comes out. That's right. Um, well, the, the actual topper, the smokestack topper itself is included on, on all models of, uh, or both models of uh, a punny factory, but the actual smoke machine itself is not. So that's an option. So you can uh, you can add that or not, depending on whether or not you want to do. And um, also something else which we, which we we spoke about before, when the um, we were talking about elements, was that we, we said it has a doesn't have a, a back box LCD, but it has a topper LCD. Yes. Yeah. Well, that apparently isn't the sort of, like the same kind of thing as no. as the as a sort of standard LCD. It, uh, according to the description, it says it. The topper LCD displays random animations of the elements the player is fighting. So not the score. It says the score is shown on a unique, what they call, bow tie that has a built-in LCD screen. I assume that means the bottom arch. Right. When it says bow tie. Uh, It says built-in LCD screen with all the bells and whistles. I'm not quoting there. There's got bells and whistles. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So bells. That that makes me wonder... Uh, and I don't want to be uh, skeptical, but if it's just showing random animations, why would you bother getting that topper? Oh, well, I assume it comes with the game. I don't think it's an, an option. I think it's uh, it's part of it. Right. Okay. Then at least I would expect that the animations would at least tie in with gameplay instead well, of being it, random. It says random animations of elements the player is fighting. Of then the I'm, elements I'm, that the player is fighting. So if you're fighting a particular element, it will show animations of that element. And then you okay, move because on if it would one. really be random, then, then it makes no sense to me. Well, it may have multiple animations of the same element. So it'll, it'll go through, cycle through them or, or pick random ones. Right. So anyway, um, so, interesting that it doesn't... Uh, it, the idea is that it's, it's there to give people who are watching the game something some indication of what the player is doing but i don't know um anyway the, it's all a bit mixed up i would say because uh, the image of the knight's edition which is the, the limited version um of uh, elements, elements has um the picture is uh, obviously photoshop and they haven't quite got the layer of the display in the right place so that's um a bit misplaced there and the picture of it also calls it a limited edition on the Ooh. side um, so whatever it's uh, there's only 12 of them so it doesn't really matter that much right okay so um, well that uh, rounds it up for Pinball Adventures uh, in uh, in Canada mm-hmm. um, well there's still a few companies left that we haven't discussed and the main reason is there is no news to report on those companies um, these companies being Chicago Gaming who are probably busy building Cactus Canyon yep and Dutch Pinball, who are busy building the Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least that's what we hope. Obviously, uh, we had some holidays, and uh, people may have taken a, a few t- uh, days off. Um, but, um, oh, well, we um, as long as there's no news, it's good news, I suppose. I so, thought so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, and, let's, let's and then the, well, there, there is some, uh, some uh, other news in the category sad news. Yes, very sad indeed. Yeah, let's start with uh, with a couple of a couple of people that we we've, we've lost very recently. Yeah. Um, Mark Mandeltort, um, the founder, CEO, president of 
Marco Specialties uh, died unexpectedly at his home. Um, yes, and I, I have to say I was really shocked by that. Yes, me too. Yeah, such a nice guy, so dedicated to to promoting pinball in all its forms. I mean, who else would would set up that uh, you know that huge great traveling circus that is the Marco Stand that goes to so many different shows, sometimes even you no know, multiple shows at once, and has all the newer Stern games there. Uh, a very, a very modest part selection compared to what they they offer on their website and have in stock. Oh yeah, now, it, it wasn't. They weren't going there really to sell the games. They weren't going there to sell the parts. They were going there to promote Stern Pinball and and to get everybody excited about playing the latest games. And they put on an amazing display. And I think it's uh, it's it's going to be a continuing testament to to Mark's enthusiasm and heartfelt love of of pinball that that keeps going. Um, even after his really, really sad death. And I think so many people in the industry were shocked by that, you and I both. Yes, and uh, my sincerest condolences to the Mandel Tord family and um, all employees of uh, Marco Specialties. Absolutely. And and we absolutely lost um, uh, someone. I cannot imagine that anybody who knew Mark was not looking forward to seeing him at a show. No, he's always he's a sign that it's a comfort to see him there and know that um, he's going to be it's going to be there not just to talk to but also to, to put on an amazing display of pinball and and such a massive promotion for for the game. Right. So um, and um, yeah, so um, um, words are difficult to find, but I, it was also uh, for me it was always a pleasure. Um, running into to Mark at pinball shows, uh, always having a little chat, and um, uh, really great guy to um, uh, well to see at the shows, and and you know um, what he did for the business and for the hobby is uh, probably so so big. Not many people will, re- will realize that. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, actually. Uh, I had to turn to uh, our good friend Gary Flower to uh, to put his uh, his legacy in perspective uh, for the article on Pinball News. So uh, so thanks to Gary for for helping out with that. Um, Gary knew knew Mark better than than I did. He'd been to visit uh, Marco's uh, Marco's um, warehouse in uh, South Carolina, I think it is, isn't it? Lexington, South Carolina, I think. And um, yeah, visited in there and uh, and interviewed him for replay magazine um which i was uh, fortunate enough to be able to to tap into gary's knowledge for uh, for the for the story about mark's death which is uh, uh it's, it's always difficult to, to cover stories like that but uh, yeah I think gary uh, gary's very good at that so right. thanks for him. So, and uh so just when we sort of got uh, well, I wouldn't say we got over the death of Mark, but mm-hmm. when that sort of settled in, and 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 um, uh, you move on, basically, um, then the news hit that um, Alan and I'm not sure if I pronounce his uh, last name correctly. Kihak, Siak, Siak is how I always always called him. Uh-huh. Right. Um, who is a, um, uh, a very well-known uh, uh, pinball operator from New York City and uh, um, a, uh, often spotted uh, visitor at pinball shows, also um, 
passed away. Um, and if you knew uh, knew Alan, oh, that was quite a character. He was instantly recognisable, and and again, somebody so full of enthusiasm for pinball. Uh, no filter. <laughs> no, no, he would tell it like it was. Absolutely, and uh, no, he, he would. He, in in some senses, he was every manufacturer's worst nightmare. Yeah, he, but also <laughs> at best, the best thing you can have as a manufacturer because he would barge in the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the design area at CERN Pinball and, and start telling the designers what the problem with their games is <laughs> yes. or are. And um, if I would be a manufacturer, I would be happy with that info so I can improve my games. Yeah, absolutely. He's been an operator in Pinball uh, in New York City for so long. He's, he's got so many great stories. Right. And um, and was 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 so willing to share them openly and volubly, and yeah. such great great company to be with. And uh, like Mark, you know, you saw Alan at, at a show. You know, you're walking down the corridor, and there's there's Alan. You, right. you just knew that it was going to be a good time. Oh yeah. So and uh, Alan was um, uh, diagnosed with MS mm-hmm. yeah. uh, for quite a while, uh, which. Um, uh, um, made him. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find the right words. Um, uh, he wasn't the most. Uh, well, his walking was a little bit different or difficult. Yes. Uh, because because of the MS and. Um, uh, but still, that did that didn't stop him from from being uh, who he was. You know. Yeah. And and, um, and operating games. Yeah. And um, I think uh, once Jersey Jack announced uh, that he would be making uh, uh, pinball machines, uh, with, uh, I think Alan was one of their biggest advocates. He was. I think I think Jack described him as uh, a biggest advocate and also their biggest pain in the ass at the same oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that probably sums it up very well. Yeah. And I, I'm sure Alan would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, again, uh, somebody we will we will miss when we get back to pinball shows. And sad, sad way to uh, end the, with those two deaths of those uh, in twenty twenty one and start twenty twenty two. Yes. Uh, so. There you go. What, what can you do? Um, well, we can remember them, and I'm sure that as, we as we will. Yes, with with we will remember them fondly for all the good times. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, well, moving on to. Um, um, Less uh, uh, hurtful news, I suppose. That's the opposite. I'd say some some good news for a change. (laughs) Yes. Ryan Clater, uh, who we uh, know of uh, Coin of Carnival and uh, and other things, watches that he did. Yes, uh, that's right. He's a uh, a comic book uh, illustrator, artist, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, He launched a Kickstarter for a new comic book, which is called Hunter's Tale. Mm -hmm. And... um, for more details, visit uh, Um where you can find all the details on the, uh, the the Kickstarter campaign and online promotional tour throughout January. And um, uh, um, I'm very curious how that uh, that project will go. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just work on a on a uh, diverse range of different products. As you mentioned, the uh, Mr. Jones watches as well, which uh, there've been a couple of those, I think now, which uh, which sell out 
again instantly, like everything seems to do, pinball related these days. Mm, and maybe the, I should put out a magazine again. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thing to do is to put out a regular one and a limited edition version. Right. There you go. And I'll, I'll take my my twenty percent uh, commission for that idea. Twenty percent. All right, nineteen for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, Ryan's Ryan's doing a month long promotional tour throughout January online, and um, turning up in in various different um, forums and um, and um, podcasts and and blogs and, and various things. Uh, if you go to a hunter's tale dot com, as as uh, Jonathan just said, you can see where he's going to be and find out more about it, and uh, and, and you can pledge to his Kickstarter campaign to. Uh, to fund the book, if uh, if that's uh, something you'd like to see happen, right? Okay, and that rounds it up for um, the month of December of twenty twenty one. Indeed, it does. And, yeah, and the first week of January. Yep, almost the first week of uh, January. Yeah, as you, as you said, we we uh, postponed this been uh, cast by a few days just so we could get the uh, the rush announcement in there. And uh, I'm glad we did because I think it was well worth uh, including. Yeah, and it's, it's it's nice to know in advance when uh, when an announcement is going to take place, so we can we can plan these things rather than yes. suddenly someone deciding. I oh, know, let's announce our game today. So, uh, so it makes things a lot easier for everyone. Right. Okay. So uh, we'll be back at the uh, uh, most likely the first of February with our uh, uh, next pin cast, unless. Uh, uh, some miracle happens, and we have reason to do a bonus podcast. Mm, you never know. That's the great thing about uh, about the pinball world. Things happen all the time, and uh, not all of them are planned. Right. Or some are planned, but we don't know about <laughs> Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, until the, the start of February, uh, we uh, hope you have a very great, a very enjoyable and peaceful start to 2022, and uh, get to visit some pinball locations and play some pinball. Right. So, in the meantime, uh, uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and, um, well, um, as mentioned earlier on the podcast, Martin uh, wrote a great article on uh, the review of uh, Rush Pinball. Uh, check that out on pinballnews.com. Oh, thank you. Um, I also wrote an article on the review of Rush Pinball. Check that out on oh, yeah. pinball-magazine.com. Marvellous. Well, and uh, so until the next time, from both of us... Uh have a great time, and we'll see you at the start of uh, February, if not before. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.